Welcome to our life insurance podcast series in partnership with FMI. We're going to be chatting about um, the aspects, certain aspects of life insurance over the next five weeks in a few podcasts. Um, for instance, we're going to look at why it's important, what products are out there, the role of advisors in making sure customers get the cover they need, and those sort of important things in our industry. I think what um, to start off with, I'm Tony Fanikak, editor of Cover Magazine, and I'm excited to be joined on this podcast by Mapalo Maku and Brad Turin. Mapalo is the author of You Not Broke, You Are Pre-Rich. That's such a good, good one. Well done. She's also an award-winning personal finance coach, speaker, founder of Women in Finance uh, Platform, and is a personal finance columnist for City Press. Um, welcome, Apollo. Nice to see you again. Um, Brad, um, many people will know Brad, is the CEO of the life insurer FMI, which is a division of Bitvest Life Limited. Um, he's been with FMI since two, 2003 and is the CEO since 2008. Brad, I know that you are passionate about revolutionizing the life insurance industry, and you've been well on your way doing that over the last few years, making income benefits accessible to all South Africans and so on. So um, welcome. I look forward to chatting to you. Okay, we kick off with um, turning to Mapalo, and I'm um, just asking um, how important is it to have life insurance? What should customers be looking for in uh, life insurance and an insurer? And what trends are we seeing in the marketplace with regards to life insurance? Thank you, Tony. I always find that customers protect their possessions. So, for example, your car, your home, but are very quick to complain about insuring themselves. I often tell them that they are the real asset in that equation. Should anything happen to them, should they become ill or get retrenched, holding on to those possessions will be very tough. The problem is people think that it won't happen to me. And sometimes bad things happen to good people, right? So clients should really be looking at living benefits and death benefits. I think for me, living benefits are that much more important, especially in this, the type of lifestyle that we do live. When you look at the different claim stats coming out of the different insurers, Tony, um, there are high claims for living benefits, which is telling of the times we live in. Younger people being diagnosed with heart disease and cancers and so forth. So I think living benefits are more important right now. Brad, your comment? I mean, I echo a lot of what uh, Mapalo has just said. You know, I think particularly in the, the world we're living in now, increasingly millennials aren't actually owning assets when you're talking about Uber and Airbnb and all those kind of cliches. So really, when, you, when you're looking at those shifts in behavior and, and, and financial decisions, often the only asset you have is yourself, and that has to be where you start. I think one of the challenges is, is around the education and the awareness. And many people don't even know what life insurance is, and you almost have to go right back to the first steps. And I chat to people all the time, and, and, and the word insurance is thrown around interchangeably. Many people don't even know the difference between short-term insurance and life insurance and medical aid. And you, go, you know, if you ask someone who's your insurance broker, they'll tell you the person who put their car insurance in place. So really it's about breaking it down to those basics. I think we all understand what medical aid is. I think short-term insurance is typically around what, what Mabala was referring to earlier. It's around insurance that protects your things, your assets, 
Life insurance is a broad group about a set of series, a set of benefits or policies that protect things that could happen to you. And in addition, there's a savings in the investment world out there. So probably I would say those are the four key categories. And if we dig one step deeper inside the life insurance space, that's where you'd look at things like living benefits. And there I talk about injury or illness, income protection, disability, critical illness, things that would protect you while you're still alive, and then death benefits, which is principally about looking after the people that you love and care for that would be left behind if something if you passed away. So we're talking about the importance of, of um, uh, in life insurance. And then uh, obviously we hear a lot about the, the insurance gap. And um, that's sort of the difference between the life insurance that uh, the people actually need and the life insurance that people have actually taken up. So maybe you can tell us just a little bit about your thoughts on that. And, um, you know, what are we supposed to do about that as an industry, Brad? I think it's one of the biggest challenges we face. I mean, that goes without saying. And I mean, on the one hand, it's not a uniquely South African problem. Anywhere in the world, they talk about the insurance gap. And, and I think the conventional gap you're referring to is the difference between how much cover people have compared to what they actually need. And that, and that gap is, is so enormous. And people throw around, in South Africa, we throw around numbers in trillions. I don't even know what a trillion is. So you get this number, you share it, and you go, this problem is so huge. And you carry on the next day because you don't actually know how to break it down. I think there's two other gaps that we need to consider as well and that actually contribute to that. The other one is, is and this is really more of a South African phenomenon, this massive socioeconomic gap. And it's really difficult to talk about income protection and living benefits when the vast majority of South Africans are battling just to put food on the table. And when, when culturally things like funeral cover is so critically important. So how do we overcome that? How do we overcome that gap of, of this kind of economic divide? And then finally, I think there's a massive trust gap that exists between customers, advisors, and the industry. And, and that creates, and that's driven, I think, by, by partly an awareness, partly history, partly the way the industry has been perceived, rightly or wrongly, over the years. But until you can break down that trust gap, I'm not sure we'll be able to solve the, the true insurance gap either. So the question then is, how do we work together to actually get there? How do we work together um, and, and with advisors and, and get uh, people to see how important that um, gap actually is and um, to help rebuilding the trust in the industry and help people to actually overcome that um, gap? Mapalo, maybe you've got some comments. Yeah. So I think the first thing, uh, uh, rightly what Brett has mentioned is that the socioeconomic issues in South Africa are huge, right? So when it comes to insurance, insuring against something that might or might not happen, you know, people first have to think about, I need to put food on the table. That's number one. But secondly, I think the lack of education and the lack of trust between financial advisors and their clients, uh, because most of the time people think, you know what, maybe they are just here for their commission. So I think especially for financial advisors, if they can become an educator to their clients so that clients know exactly what they are signing up for. I think that will put us um, way forward. Yeah, I think, um, as Brad raised, I mean, that, that, that trust gap is such an important thing. But Brad, what do you think are the key uh, questions then that customers should be asking um, their advisors in this process of closing that gap? And I think it's twofold. It's the question that customers should be asking advisors, but also it's the type of conversations that 
I hope advisors are having with their customers. And and maybe I just want to make a point first is that I, I think that advisors and the industry at a whole has historically probably got quite a bad rap um, and doesn't have the best reputation. And I think many times unfairly. I think the industry and advisors have done so much work in the past five or ten years to professionalize, to really increase the quality. I very rarely meet an advisor who doesn't genuinely want to help his clients, who isn't genuinely doing this for the right reason. Of course they earn a commission because they're working and they've got to provide for their families as well. But almost every single advisor I come across is a good person genuinely trying to do the right thing. And, and I think if you start with that in mind, the rest of it becomes a little bit easier. These are, these are vastly good people out there trying to do the, the right thing, but there are some real challenges. And I think some of it is just changing patterns, changing habits. You know, we still see advisors as product salesmen, whereas actually they should be financial planners, they should be advisors, that's what the name is. And I think the conversation should start with saying, well, what are your dreams, what are your plans, what, do you, what, what are you passionate about, where do you want to be in 5-10 years? And my job as an advisor is to help you construct a plan that will protect you so that you're able to go out and achieve those dreams. And I think if the conversation becomes a positive forward-looking one rather than you could die in a car crash tomorrow, the kind of fire and brimstone message around fear, I think that's the wrong way to have insurance conversations. And if we can change that, then I think we can start having constructive discussions around well, what are the right products, what are the right, what are the risks you face. And so often I still speak with people, uh, people today who don't even know income protection exists. Because the, you know, the perception out there is that life insurance is death cover which is really such a small part of what the life insurance world is actually about. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Um, well, this is an extremely insightful discussion. I think there's uh, so many elements um, to it that we can be exploring over the next few podcasts. But in summary, I mean, we, we um, certainly know that many South Africans are underinsured for various reasons. Um, but before we try and educate customers, the industry has a huge job to do to re rebuild the knowledge gap between advisors, the industry, and the customer. And an important part of that is for advisors to provide personal, tailored advice to their customers instead of just selling them uh, products. So, Mapalo and Brad, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And in our next uh, discussion, we'll be looking at the notion of protecting your income first. Till then, thank you and goodbye. <music>